This is Faithful and Fruitful, a podcast for youth ministry and youth leaders. We're proudly brought to you by Taz Youth Convention and Vision 100. Well, hello and welcome to the TYC podcast, Faithful and Fruitful. Today we're discussing healthy youth leadership teams. Uh, we want to talk about what it means to have a great team, a cohesive team. It's sort of fairly obvious when a team is going wrong or where there's a lot of uh, unhealth in a team. Uh but it's not as clear to make what, to, to see what is a healthy team, a healthy youth leadership team. So that's what we want to talk about today. Um, Mike, I want to begin by uh, asking you the question, uh, what sort of things make a healthy youth leadership team? Well, I think the really top of the tree issue is that all of the youth leaders within a team uh, would have a common vision for the youth ministry that they're pulling in the same direction, that they know why the youth ministry exists, um, how it's working, and how not just their team, but them as individuals fit into that. Right. I think that really lays the foundation for a healthy team. Yeah. So vision, do you want to give some examples like um, have in youth leadership teams that you've seen? What sort of visions have you seen? Yeah. Yeah, so I think one of the beauties of um, sort of mission and vision in the church is in one sense, uh, a lot of it is given to us by the Lord Jesus. So mm. it's going to be... Um, something about seeing um, young people um, become Christians, something about seeing them living out their faith, growing in their faith, developing in their faith. And so um, it'll, be, it'll be some sort of creative wording for that. Mm. Um, but then I think working out exactly what that is going to look like in the context that a team finds themselves in is really important. The youth ministry at a church might be a Friday night youth ministry, but it might be... Sunday afternoon Bible studies. Maybe that's what the youth ministry looks like in a particular church, particular context. And so seeing how those um, things that you are doing are connected to that wider vision. How, how is what we are doing um, helping us to see people, young people, put their faith in the Lord Jesus? And how is what we are doing um, helping young people to um, mature in their faith, grow in their faith, yeah. put it into practice? Yeah, I think it's really exciting to have a vision for your youth group. Um, you would hope that it's the same vision of church, uh, vision of your church, or at least related to the vision of your church. Absolutely. But I've been in uh, in a in a, a ministry environment where there was no vision very clear, and that made it hard to lead. I think because on those days where it just felt tough, you didn't know why you were there and what you were mm. doing, and did it really matter? And it just became kind of like just turning up to this event. Whereas uh, I've also been part of a team that was really clear on what we were doing. And there was an excitement, and even if you'd had a hard day, you knew why you were there. And yeah, um, one thing I want to talk about a little bit is your role within that vision. Um, I guess there's a sense where we sometimes feel that youth leaders have to be a certain type of person to be part of the team. Maybe extroverted, really good, out the front sort of person. What do you reckon about that? Do you think we need to be a bunch of extroverts? No, I don't. I think. As we've spoken about before on the pod, like here, um, TYC, Vision 100, we think that um, youth ministry is fundamentally about discipleship. Mm. And so that is seeing people become disciples of Jesus and seeing people um, grow as disciples of Jesus. So realising that it, that that's at the core, it, it doesn't then follow that, okay, so therefore you need a certain... You know, you need an introverted person or an extroverted person to do it. You need, like, depending on all sorts of factors. I, I don't think introversion or extroversion are sort of the 
the deciding factor. So no, you don't. You need you need people who are committed to the vision. Mm. You need people who uh, are gifted, sure, and people who can are willing to use their gifts uh, to serve um, in youth ministry. But you don't need people who are a particular type of person. They have the you know the stereotypical you know nineteen, twenty, twenty one year old person with who's full of energy in the life of the party yeah they're not necessarily going to be any better as a youth leader than the person who's 45 or you know 50 and Mm. uh you know more of an introverted type because at the heart of it it's discipleship right and that's doesn't that's not predicated on being a particular type of person yeah okay now for a a a good team and um a, a healthy team we can't expect there's going to be no conflict. So conflict within youth leaders, I assume, is going to be part and parcel of mm. running a youth ministry. We've all got like shortcomings and we've also all got really strong opinions about things. How does a youth team deal with conflicts well mm. and what does it look like when they're not dealing with it well? Yeah, well, I think if you've ever um, come across a bloke called Patrick Lencioni, he's a, a leadership guy. Okay. Quite good. He's not a Christian, but he write, writes a book called Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Right. And he says that at the base of all dysfunction in teams is trust. So if you don't have trust, you can't then go on to the next thing that a team needs is or next dysfunction, uh, which is you can't do conflict properly. Right. So in all, Because conflict is actually important. Conflict doesn't have to be a really negative thing. Conflict is um, a difference of opinion, a different of, uh, difference in ideas. But in order to to be able to do those things, or sometimes I have that hard conversation when someone does something they shouldn't or has made a, you know made a made a mistake. If you don't have trust within the team, mm. it's very hard to do conflict well and productively, because as soon as I come to you, Marty, and say, "Hey, man, I think there's a bit of a problem with the way in which you ran that activity, or the way in which you, um, you know, did this." X, Y, Z thing. Um, if you don't trust me that I love you, that I care for you, that I have the best interest of both you and the youth ministry at heart, then you can fill that gap with all sorts of suspicion. Right. And then me, we can't have, we're no longer having genuine conversation, conflict and helpful because at that point you don't trust me so you're maybe going to try and be defensive, you're maybe going to try and attack me, you're maybe, and so... For youth ministries and teams to have conflict, which they need to in a good yeah. way, they need to share ideas, yeah. say what they think is working, say what they don't think is working, um, tell people when they think uh, they're heading off down the wrong track on something. To be able to do that, you need to trust each other. So you have to build that team dynamic and those team relationships together. Right. So if all it is is that the only time you ever spend with each other is on the Friday night or on the Sunday Bible study, whatever it is, right. I think it's going to be a bit difficult. So what I'm hearing you say is conflict will happen within the team. So I guess the next question is, let's think about ways that a team, a good team, can build trust with one another. Um, you just mentioned meals together. Like, what a great idea. Imagine the youth leadership team meeting for a meal together with no other agenda except having a meal together. Oh, I don't know, maybe there's youth groups out there that do this all the time, but that's that's pretty revolutionary. That's got, That's moved beyond just getting the job done. Absolutely. Well, because part of it's that fellowship thing, right? Like, the more time you can spend together and doing um, 
blocks of time together. That's where things like, you know, I've heard of youth ministry teams going away for a weekend away together. Right. Um, you know, having or having a barbecue together. But as you say, spending that time together, because what you need to know, um, I don't need to simply know, can Marty um, give a talk? Can Marty organise an activity? Can Marty run a Bible study? What I need to know if I'm going to be in part of a team with you is, and for us to be able to have confidence, I need to know your heart. Right. I need to know, um, yeah, what it, what it is that's making you tick. I need to know what it is that's motivating you. And it's hard mm-hmm. to get to that simply by being around each other. And it's worth saying that it takes time. So it's not like where you have one dinner together and all of a sudden you all know each other so well that, you know, off you go. But it's, it's that continuing um, process of deepening those relationships and I think as you know, as Christians, as we, we have this this debt of love to one another, um, one of the things that I think that will do and should do is it should mean that we um, we assume the best of each other. Right, right. We assume the best intentions uh, until we're sort of proven otherwise. We mm. don't want to come in with a well, I'm going to I'm going to force Marty to sort of prove himself to me. I should um, I should go in with the best of intentions that's going to help to to grease the wheels of building that trust over time yeah right yeah we talked about vision and having clear vision is really important for youth having trust is really important for youth and youth leaders i I think beginning the year with some sort of team time away whether it's overnight or for as long as you can do uh, would be super valuable in whoever's heading up the team um, setting the vision for the uh, reminding people of the vision, setting the vision, um, working at strategies for the year. But in that time, having time of just fellowship and hanging out and just chilling out, it's got to be super valuable, yeah. Um, the other thing I thought of that would be really helpful is at the end of the year, celebrating. Um, celebrating having a time out, whether it's a dinner or a party or just hanging out. The reason why I feel like that's helpful, again, it's just reminding each other of what we did in the year and kind of building that kind of team bond but also celebrating the good things that God has done and just putting that at the forefront. Um, what benefit is a healthy team going to have on your youth group, the kids? Well, I think having that commonality in purpose and understanding of the purpose and therefore what we're doing, that's going to help us to have a ministry that is consistent, that you're not going to have, if you've got, you've got one youth leader who's, not clear or has a different idea about the purpose of of the youth ministry in there so their their dis, their small group discussion is all about um you know, not about the bible it's about you know some latest self-help thing say because they think oh that's what they need too much bible stuff's going to turn the kids away so i'm going to do this um if you so you lose that consistency you've got one group who's not looking at the bible one group who is and you might have some other person who's like you know they think that you know, they're just, they're all about, you know, reading the Bible with grade eight kids in the original languages yeah. because that, that's 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 real maturity. And so if you don't have clarity as a team about why do we exist and what are we doing and how are we going to do it uh, and then going to do that, you're going to have inconsistency. And I think on the sort of worse than that, the worst side of where um, you don't have that is that the danger becomes in that vacuum the 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 kids the groups that you're leading 
they become something for the leader to get something out of. So they become, all of a sudden you've got this, you know, a leader whose Bible study group of, of youth becomes their support network, <laughs> right. becomes their place for, for working out their struggles. Now, that's not to say that every leader has to be, you know, um, have everything together all the time. But we do want to make sure we have healthy boundaries that mm. we're not we're not using that uh, that youth ministry that we're involved in to seek affirmation to work through some of our more um, adult issues or anything like that. We right. we want um, we're there to serve and disciple the young people, certainly to have a relationship with them, but with the appropriate boundaries in place that a youth and youth leader relationship should look like. Yeah, that's good. Hel- healthy teams can shape. And model what is good in the Christian life for our teens and for each other. What I mean by that is a healthy team, I would hope, is together serving the young people. They're washing the feet of their young people as opposed to what can happen in other secular group settings where the leaders force those underneath them to do all the work and they sit back. That's not how Jesus worked. That is not the model of the church. So a healthy team is modeling to the youth group what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic one, right, of the, the youth leader saying to the kids, you have to do the cleaning up, I'm not doing it because yeah. you're kids and I'm a leader. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure that that's quite right. It's not healthy, but a healthy team would uh, exactly be le- leading the way in that sense. I guess it then uh, begs the question, if you're thinking about a healthy team, who wouldn't you invite onto that team and why? Hmm. It can be a difficult question because I think we want to, as I said before, because of uh, the the call to love one another. We want to have the best, in, uh, as, you know, want to assume the best in people. We want to try and see the best in people. We have to remember when we're when we're leading youth ministry, kids ministry, we're dealing with vulnerable people. So I think um, it is prudent for us to to one, you, you want to you only want to have people involved in ministry who can fulfil the requirements of your safe ministry policies and procedures as a church or denomination or whatever. So that, that should be a, like, don't think, oh, yeah, they can't get a working with vulnerable people card, but they're a good person. Yeah, like, right. And right, so we'll just put them in. Like, like there might be complicated reasons why they can't have mm-hmm. a working with vulnerable people card, but you don't want, we don't want to be skirting that. So there's some structural things. Yeah. But beyond that, where we start to get into the world of wisdom mm-hmm. and as our role, if we are... Um, we are the person who is in charge of appointing leaders or making recommendations to whether it be your, your, your minister or to your session or whoever your elders um, I think we want to we want to look at people's gifting mm. so we want to get a sense of uh, how are they gifted and how are they why what would they be doing and mm-hmm. um, we're a body yeah and Bible talks about um, Ephesians a body the, the, we're, we're the body of Christ. We have different roles and things. So what will they be doing and what gifts will be needed for that? Um, and I think people who are um, in a place of, um, I would say, um, thriving in their spiritual life and in their life in general. Now, this doesn't mean, hear me clearly, that... Um, there's not, there's no struggles, there's no issues, but um, 
you, you want someone who has where there is a stability, a spiritual stability and a life stability, right? Um, because otherwise, I think um, that can end up having that those negative um, consequences for the group, um, and um, and so we want to be careful with that. And so, as I say, and I really want this to be clear, I'm not saying that means that you know. Every youth leader has to be doing four hours of quiet time a day and all mm. this thing, mm. um, but a, st- a, a spiritual stability, yeah, and a, and a demonstrated spiritual mm. stability, mm. Um, and a and a stability of life and demonstrated stability of life, particularly because because we're involved with vulnerable people, yeah. So yeah. that's important. So I think those two things I would I would be um, thinking it's probably not wise to put that person in a position. Where they're going to one have authority in the youth ministry over vulnerable people, and two, um, into a team where with a team environment where it's really important that those leaders are working well together. Yeah, yeah. Whenever someone is desperate to be a youth leader and part of the youth leadership team, for me that's not a an instant no, but it does send off a few warning bells. Like if they're so desperate that they're in tears that they may not be part of it, mm. you'd ask the question: Why does this matter so much to you? Yeah, and and seeing that within youth leadership teams as well, like sometimes, like having, you know, oh, we're going to change you from leading the grade tens to leading the grade eights, and that, you know, someone might be disappointed because they've got a relationship. Yeah, yeah. But you can kind of go. Sometimes you go, oh, hang on, the response to this doesn't seem to match what's going on. So it might be cause investigate or, hey, we're going to bring on another leader and they're going to join you and they're going to start leading that group alongside you, and someone really kicks back against that. Yeah. That might be another time to go, oh, maybe there's some more investigation to go on here about what's what's going on. Yeah. So yeah. I'm thinking about the health of the team. Um, even when we have the team together, mm. you know, already, when they're already part of the team, we want to mm. we want to keep, you know, not not sniffing around being suspicious of everybody all the time, but yeah. but but be aware for some of those things that can make you go, oh, and it might, might be nothing. It might just be, you know, there might be you know, valid reasons for some of these mm. things, but... Um, yeah, you want to do a little bit of investigation, particularly if that's your yeah. role within the within the group. In some of the healthiest youth leadership teams that I've come across, one thing I've seen happen, which I think is really healthy, I encourage it if it's possible, um, and that is that the team themselves don't rely on the senior pastor or the youth pastor, if you have one. They don't rely on that person to do the pastoral care of the team, but they self-care with one another. I've seen teams where just gently, without any fanfare, one person's gone to another and said, do you want to meet up and just chat and read the Bible? We could even prepare this week's youth group stuff together. I love hearing stories of youth leaders that weren't previously friends developing a fellowship and relationship with one another. I'm sure at some point that took some work and some effort on someone's part. But how enriching, you know, how enriching it would be to see that, and it has been to see that. Thank you.